Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, December 8th. In today's news, another congressman resigns over allegations of sexual harassment. Congress avoids a government shutdown, for now. And a Russian social media company reached out directly to the Trump campaign in 2016. But first, the big idea. Democrats are struggling to activate black voters in the Alabama Senate race. Interviews in the town that inspired To Kill a Mockingbird reveal pervasive African-American fears that their votes won't make a difference. For Democrats to win a Senate race in a state as red as Alabama, which President Trump carried by 28 points last year, everything needs to break their way. Doug Jones must persuade significant numbers of Republicans to back him in next week's special election over Roy Moore, But victory also requires a level of black turnout not seen since Barack Obama's 2008 election. Even with so much working in his favor, that remains a very tall order. Yesterday, I went to Monroeville, Alabama, which is Harper Lee's hometown. She used it as the model for Makeham and To Kill a Mockingbird, her classic novel about racial injustice in the South during the Jim Crow era. Midway between the port of Mobile and the capital in Montgomery, the city is part of what's known as the Black Belt. The region was originally named for its dark topsoil, but is now known for heavy concentrations of African Americans and persistent poverty. Turnout in this region historically lags the rest of the state. Two dozen interviews that I conducted with African Americans in this town of 6,500 people showed how much work Jones still has to do. The interviews revealed deep distaste for Donald Trump, but also disillusionment with the political process. One of the people I talked with was Paulette Williams, a 62-year-old who retired after more than three decades as a technical inspector at a pulp and paper mill. She's definitely going to vote for Jones next week, but she predicted pretty confidently that he's not going to win and lamented that most people she knows are apathetic. She said Republicans are going to pull the lever for more despite allegations of sexual misconduct against him, which he denies. But too many Democrats can't be bothered. She said, quote, people died to have the right to vote. Now that people have the privilege, they waste it. People talk more about the Alabama-Auburn game than politics. Everything President Obama implemented, Trump is trying to reverse. Civil rights, equal rights, helping the poor, all of it. But people here are more interested in Alabama versus Auburn than what's going wrong in the country. Trump carried Monroe County last year with 57%, and it's no coincidence that the county's population is 55% white and 42% black. African Americans account for 27% of Alabama's population. The Washington Post Shar School poll, which gives Jones a narrow lead, found that he has the support of 93% of black voters and 33% of whites statewide. The open question, though, is whether African-Americans will show up to the polls next week. Most of the folks I talked with said they're depressed about the direction of the country, but they feel powerless to do anything about it. For the first time in a long time, their votes could really have an impact on national politics, but they don't see it that way. Jones is working extra hard in the final days to galvanize the African-American community. This weekend, for example, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker will go down to campaign for him. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Representative Trent Franks announced his resignation after it was discovered that he once asked two female staffers if they would bear his children as surrogates. That announcement came as the House Ethics Committee said it would create a special subcommittee to investigate the Republican from Arizona. 
His resignation would end that investigation. Franks is one of the most socially conservative members of Congress. He said he's never attempted to have sexual contact with anyone on his staff, but he regrets the conversations regarding surrogacy. His resignation came just a few hours after Democratic Senator Al Franken from Minnesota announced that he will resign in the next few weeks amid multiple allegations of inappropriate touching. Franken denies those allegations and said it's ironic that he's stepping aside when Donald Trump remains in the White House. Number two, Congress passed a short-term spending deal on Thursday night that temporarily prevents a government shutdown. The new deadline to keep the government open is December 22nd. Obstacles remain. The current deal doesn't resolve numerous debates over domestic spending, immigration, and funding for the military. Democratic demands include funding for veterans, children's health care, and the opioid crisis. They also want a bill to grant permanent legal status for DACA recipients, the undocumented immigrants who arrived in the U.S. as minors, known as DREAMers. But the Freedom Caucus, which is the Tea Party, wants big spending cuts. Chairman Mark Meadows warns that any long-term bipartisan spending deal risks a Republican revolt. Number three, a top Russian social media company made several overtures to Trump's campaign in 2016. The site is called VK. It's Russia's equivalent to Facebook. The company's executives emailed Donald Trump Jr. and Trump's social media director, Dan Scavino, who now has a top job in the White House, urging the campaign to create a page on its site to appeal to Russian Americans. Scavino expressed interest in learning more about the site, but it's unclear whether the campaign pursued the idea. The conversation with VK was brokered by British music producer Rob Goldstone, the same guy who helped arrange that June 2016 meeting at Trump Tower between Don Jr. and a Russian lawyer. Goldstone will meet with the Senate and House Intelligence Panels for closed-door interviews as early as next week. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, December 8th. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you on Monday. 